Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cabin Boy Minute One. Minute One. My name is Brian D'Angelo. I am joined with my co-host, Robert Lavari. Hello. We have been Cabin Boy scholars for much of our lives. This podcast is a in-depth look at Cabin Boy the movie, which was released in 1994. My personal Cabin Boy journey. I saw the uh, Cabin Boy trailer before it came out. It spoke to me, my young high school heart. The first time I saw the trailer, I did see see it opening weekend and since then had rented the movie many many times until I purchased it and have sat my friends and family and girlfriends down to it throughout the years and have probably seen the movie somewhere up I would put it at about a hundred times in my adult life so this is quite the great opportunity to embark on this journey with everybody in Cabin Boy Minute. Yes yes my introduction to Cabin Boy was through Brian here. Met him in college, dancing around in his room in a sombrero. Like, who is this odd individual? And uh, sometime shortly after that, he introduced me to the movie. I think the first time I watched it, I realized... Oh, this is a movie that fits perfectly within my brain. And uh, since then, as with Brian, I've seen the movie dozens and dozens of times, forced various friends and family to watch it. Girlfriends and my now wife watch the movie in confusion and horror. It's been a wonderful part of my life, and now we want to uh, get a little deeper into it, really dive in and explore all that it has to offer. Excellent. Yeah, this so this Cabin Boy Minute format works as such. Each episode will be dedicated to one minute of the movie. So there are 80, 80 minutes in Cabin Boy the movie. So there will be 80 episodes of this here podcast. The first two podcasts are the credits to the film. So the actual regular format that you'll see on a week-to-week basis really won't start until episode three because episodes one and two are credits. It's more of an unconventional type of episode. That being said, if you'd rather get right to a more conventional episode, feel free to check out episode three. But we do believe there is some uh, great tidbits here in the first two episodes for you to prime your palates. Yes, and so the way we're going to explore the movie, the methods that we're going to use, our source material, is a couple years ago in 2018, Kino Lorber released a special edition of the movie on a Blu-ray and DVD, and that's what we're using as our source. So it's got the entire movie, all 80 wonderful minutes of it. Uh, It also contains audio commentary by uh, Chris Elliott, Adam Resnick, and uh, Mike Sachs, who is kind of steering the commentary. It has a 45-minute long interview with Chris and Adam where they go through their production process and all that. It includes uh, cast interviews, B-roll, audition, all sorts of fun stuff. And we're going to use all of that to talk about the movie, kind of explore how the movie was made, decisions that were made, reasons behind those decisions, and all that. It's a lot of background that really lets us kind of dive into the construction of the movie and the world of the movie. And to add further depth into each minute, we'll be doing regular research throughout with uh, what goes on in the minute and different details that we pick up on or some that we manufacture out of dialogue 
catalogs and do your regular IMDb, Wikipedia research. But we'll do the hard lifting for you and uh, find all those internet nuggets that we will mine and present for you here on the podcast each week. In addition to, I have an original screenplay of the movie, which are some great variations and add another dimension to some of the scenes that might be misunderstood or things that were in there that didn't quite go anywhere and we try to uncover that based on the context from that screenplay as well as just any other articles and even some of the original production notes that were given out at screenings for when the movie was presented to theaters before they knew about the road ahead of them with the inevitable market flop that it became. <laughs> and you know just to give that perspective as well understand that both robert and i are enormous fans of this movie which we hold you know resnick and elliot and everybody involved in the highest regard and i i thank them from the bottom of my heart for providing us with this information now that being said we will give a hard look at the failures and perceived failures and really pick it apart and uh i'm not afraid to disrespect so to speak uh this movie that i love so much and and think about what it could have been, but I feel it necessary to give it that respect at the top. And this is, but this is not a trash talking on Cabin Boy. This is a, a true and heartfelt analysis and appreciation for the movie as a whole. Yeah, we are both enormous fans. Think it's a wonderful movie, but we're trying to be a little clear-eyed when we're going through this. We understand that there are flaws. And there are flawed people who were involved in the production and odd things that occur. But again, we just love the movie and we want to immerse ourselves as deeply as possible. And uh, we hope to hope to bring you along with us. So let's go ahead and immerse ourselves into Minute One, which starts with a uh, now defunct graphic of Touchstone Pictures. Yeah, Touchstone Pictures uh, was a division of Disney. It was created to release films that were aimed towards more of an adult audience. Disney was trying to release films under the standard Disney imprint, but moving into things like that were you know PG thirteen, PG what have you. And as they were coming out. Out, they weren't doing very well and they wanted to expand the uh, type of movie that they could offer started up touchstone pictures which had no kind of overt association with disney put out a number of films that did really well uh, ruthless people and all sorts of various other properties was eventually folded but in the course of its existence released many many movies which you'll know and possibly love but at least know of things like armageddon signs sister act two and the ref both of which were released in close proximity to Cabin Boy. But thank you to Disney and uh, Touchstone for uh, making this movie. Absolutely. And then cues our title, Cabin Boy, which is confoundingly in quotation marks. Yes. So we had mentioned there's this audio commentary that graces the Kino Lober reissue of Cabin Boy, where Resnick shares a story about how he fought to get those quotation marks on Cabin Boy. I could imagine why he was being questioned on it. He did not offer any explanation of why they're there. In my mind, it's... <laughs> 
it's almost saying to the audience that we're not exactly sure that this is a finished product or not. Uh, that's why we're going to keep it in quotation marks, much like it's a, some sort of working title because they made us rush it to market or something like that. I, I don't. Do you have any ideas of why he would want this in quotation marks? No, no idea. It's an interesting uh, experience closely watching the movie. Because you begin to see kind of all these minor elements where you're like, what? I never noticed that before. And seeing the quotation marks in the title, it's the first time it really sort of leapt to me. Like, what? What does that even mean? And one of the thoughts that came to me was kind of like you were saying, is this how Resnick and Elliot felt about the movie that they just had to qualify? That they were not sure about what they had made. <laughs> maybe this is a movie. I mean, much like the ending of Clue, uh, that's what I would like to think maybe happened. <laughs> what, if at the time Resnick had made this movie and knowing the movie and maybe the intent perhaps was to show this evolution of Nathaniel from a fancy lad to a cabin boy. Maybe it was supposed to hearken to that idea, whether, mm. you know, that he kind of is a cabin boy, not really throughout the movie. You know, maybe that's what he was going for. I don't Cabin know. boy is a tra transitionary state. He's never fully in it. Right. I mean, that sounds somewhat plausible. He has this artistic understanding of the title. I do like that interpretation. Another way to look at it is, as we'll learn, Adam and Chris were certainly looking to send up certain aspects of how movies are made and what have you. And it could be that Adam just looked at that and like, well, you would never put quotes in a regular movie title. But this isn't a regular movie. <laughs> this is a special experience unto itself. Could be. Hopefully one day we'll have Resnick on here to answer some of these questions for us. And just a technical note for all you out there, the font is Garamond font. I believe ITC Garamond standard condensed book, in case you're looking to recreate that. So then we start to see some of the acting credits roll in, and the first one there is our dear friend, Chris Elliott. Christopher Nash Elliott, not dead, still living and producing and uh, providing us with comedy. Born in May 1960 in New York. Dad was Bob Elliott. He's a member of a comedy duo, Bob and Ray. He started working for uh, Late Night with David Letterman, and that's kind of where he got his start. He was a production assistant, and he started writing, started appearing in various sketches, and uh, really started gaining some notoriety, some notice. He's actually uh, won four primetime Emmys for his writing on David Letterman. Uh, that eventually led to him creating the show Get a Life with Adam and a few other folks. Get a Life, a uh, great show about a 31-year-old uh, newspaper boy living at home with his parents, which was wonderful and strange. And it was through Get a Life that he was noticed by Tim Burton. That led to the collaboration that eventually became Cabin Boy. Chris, also known for Schitt's Creek, for which he won a uh, candy recently as a uh, Best Supporting Actor in a TV show, uh, Groundhog Day, Something About Mary, and tons of other stuff. Big name in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Just for a little context about the Cabin Boy character... That persona is one that he kind of developed over time on Letterman. And you can see in some of those early Letterman sketches and shorts, this persona of this um, obnoxious, privileged, little effeminate character coming through. There's a short called The Traveling Poet, and it's a very, very close uh, comparison to Nathaniel. Man, who's a little more cultured, but just as obnoxious. And you go out and find it there, you'll, you'll see a little connection, a, a sort of pre-Nathaniel uh, for anyone who wants a little 
history. We'll put a link to the Traveling Poet clip in the episode notes. So that's Chris Elliott. Next coming up is Rich Brinkley, who plays Captain Graybar. He is unfortunately dead. He is known for his working cabin boy. Uh, also, the movie's Breakdown with Kurt Russell, the man with one red shoe. He also played William the Cook on the Beauty and the Beast live-action TV show and uh, was a cameraman on Murphy Brown. He's uh, worked in Hollywood for a long time, was in a number of things. Texan, came from Kermit, Texas. Uh, he was his high school valedictorian, voted most likely to succeed, was a school president. And really? uh, yeah, and so he followed all that up with by going to the University of Texas. He played uh, the world's largest bass drum, Big Bertha, in the University of Texas Longhorn Band, and then promptly failed out of school. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see a, a little short or something on those years, you know, like those missing Rich Brinkley years. What happened? Did he get into alcohol? Was it LSD trips? What was happening? There. dinner theater apparently oh even worse <laughs> <laughs> which eventually he was able to eventually parlay into a career in hollywood and then he uh, got casted in cabin boy both adam and chris will mention later on in the movie how wonderful he was when they first were casting it they they were looking for a very specific type this callback to gruff kind of characters and rich just completely fit the bill and uh, he plays a wonderful captain yeah I, I recently caught him in that kurt russell movie breakdown where he plays you know one of the henchmen of the kidnappers and he's a he's a real mean man and it's a little jarring to watch you know i mean he's not that he's the most friendly person in cabin boy but you're not uh, thinking that he's a killer of any sort oh, kind of like seeing a fall of leaf figure uh, violate your moral code it uh, it hurt it hurt a little bit i can understand why that would be so jarring although we don't know what kind of life captain graybar has lived following up rich brinkley is a uh, brian doyle murray who plays skunk uh, he's not dead. He's also not Bill Murray, just for a reference, although he's related to Bill Murray. He is not known for Cabin Boy per IMDb, but he has certainly appeared in many, many other movies. Hardworking guy. Uh, he was on Get a Life with Chris Elliott. No, oh, also Rich Brinkley was also on Get a Life, where he sang Amazing Grace. Got to uh, note Brian Doyle Murray, possibly, most importantly, outside of his work in Cabin Boy, only a person who's appeared in both the Vacation movies and the Wayne's World movies. That is quite the note of honor. Oh, yes. And then uh, after that, we move on to Mr. James Gammon. The great James Gammon. Yeah, unfortunately, James Gammon is dead. Died July 16th, 2010. Started out first as a TV cameraman, but as IMDb puts it, due to his weather-beaten features and his <laughs> tough-as-nails voice that they referred to as whiskey soaked he became an actor his most endearing quality kind of just that raspy voice and give him some good material to work with i mean i am a huge fan of his most notable movie which is major league where he is the uh, great coach lou brown and just the way he delivers so many of those lines just add this strong anchor to the entire movie that role no one else could have played better so thank you, James Gammon, for your Lou Brown portrayal. And, of course, for your portrayal of Paps in this here Cabin Boy. Mm -hmm. And also, for providing us with Fisherman's Greek. <laughs> <laughs> also known for uh, his roles in Cold Mountain and the Iron Giant. Then we move on to Brian James, who played Big Teddy, mm. who 
also, unfortunately, is dead. He died August 7th, 1999, so only about five years after uh, the release of Cabin Boy. His, his things of note, his personal life, uh, his parents built and operated a movie theater in Beaumont, California. He was best known for his role in Blade Runner. He played one of the uh, one of the replicants in uh, Blade Runner, That uh, one of the ones that... Harrison's Ford character is uh, tracking down because he's gone rogue. Great movie. Slightly different role in uh, Cabin Boy. (laughs) Right. His other notable roles were The Fifth Element, Striking Distance, and Another 48 Hours. So next up we have the role of Trina, played by Melora Walters, Mm -hmm. who is thankfully alive. I mean, up to this point, who's alive? Uh, Brian Doyle, Doyle Murray, Chris Elliott, and Melora. Okay, so we have three dead and three alive up to this point. So she was born in Saudi Arabia to American parents. She was raised in Holland, speaks both French and Dutch. And for you Seinfeld fans out there, in the famous Hamptons episode where they discuss shrinkage, she plays George's topless girlfriend. She's best known for her part in Magnolia, which she has a quite a prominent role in, Boogie Nights, and she got her start in Dead Poets Society. So those are the names that come up as the credits roll. But in the background of the credits, there is this map. The map. This mysterious map. And there are various things listed on this map, some of which one one does say the Pacific Ocean. So we know that it's a, a map of some sort of the Pacific Ocean. Some of the other things listed here are the words Low Point, Kettle Canyon. There is a an illustration of a dragon. Yep. Keel Straits and something that says Camberic. In my research, there was nothing that checked out as being areas of the Pacific Ocean. How about you, Robert? Oh, nothing. If you tried to look up those individual names, you ended up like spread all across the globe. So it certainly was nothing that was immediately identifiable within the Pacific at one point attempted to use the, so there's numbers all across the map, which I believe. Bathymetric measurements. Metrics, right? So it's the, you know, the depths and fathoms. I tried to use that to somehow triangulate where that could be in the Pacific. And that was a complete and utter failure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, furthermore, there's no other markings. None of those. I was hoping to see one of them as a latitude and longitude coordinates or something like that. Nothing. They all appear just to be depths. Unfortunately, not able to really determine where that was even supposed to be other than the Pacific Ocean. So, I mean, the only other thing of note that's happening here in this first minute of credits are the fish swipes. So every time a new text comes up, a fish scrolls up the screen to kind of wipe it out and uh, replace it with new text. There are seven individual fish swipes Mm -hmm. in this first minute. I did not give any effort to try and identify what kind of fish those are. Perhaps uh, if our listeners would mind shooting us a quick message and telling us what kind of fish those are, that would be great. Only thing that came to mind when I was watching that is uh, the word stickleback. (laughs) Stickleback. I think that's one of those things. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Any other things to note? 
No, I think that covers it. You know, we run through the, the opening of the movie, the title, yet our main our main players are introduced in that first minute or the names of our main players. And now we start setting the scene and get a little taste of the, the musical tone of what the movie is going to be. And, uh, you know, we begin our journey. Excellent. Well, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be aboard this journey with you. And thank you all for joining us here for Cabin Boy Minute minute one we will um, see you next time on cabin boy minute two adios thank you again for joining us on cabin boy minute help spread the word tell your friends about us and rate and subscribe on your podcast medium of choice check out our episode notes where you can find calls to action details on how to support the pod or leave us a message or find us on twitter at at cabin boy minute we look forward to joining you again next week bon voyage